0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 3 called The One Who Lifts My Head.
1: One more I want to show you. So 16... We're at verse 5. So I want to show you one more thing that happens. Now, when King David 16.5 uh, came to Baharim, behold, there came out from there a man of the family of the house of Saul. And remember, uh, David had uh, supplanted or replaced Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came out cursing continually as he came. Now, remember all the heaviness David is going through. And he threw stones at David, And at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were at his right hand and at his left. And thus Shimei said when he cursed, Get out! Get out, you man of bloodshed! You worthless fellow! Now can you imagine? David's been weeping. The people have been walking up the Mount of Olives. He's found out his son is trying to take his throne and murder him. His most trusted counselor is part of the conspiracy and the coup. And now this man, who's some relative of Saul, begins to throw rocks at him and curse him. Talk about having a bad day, right? And he says, you worthless fellow. You're worth nothing. And he just begins to pour it on him and pour it on him. And here's you know, this incredible man of faith, this man that we all know his name, And Shammai is cursing at him, calling him worthless. He says, The Lord has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. You're done. And behold, you are taken in your own evil, for you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, the son of that guy, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my Lord the King? Let me go over there and cut off his head. And if you're David and you're at the end of a bad day, what do you think you might have said there? You know what? Yeah, off with his head. (laughs) Shut him up. (laughs) I'm done. I'm tired. I'm done being a nice Christian man or woman. Ever been there before? I'm not letting anybody else in in traffic. I'm going to let a few of those words fly that have been rotating in my head that Christians are not supposed to speak. Yeah. (laughs) But David is amazing here. The king said, What have I to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah? If he curses, and if the Lord has told him, curse David, then who shall say what have you, why have you done so? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, my son who came out from me seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite, this guy, let him alone, let him curse. And look at David, for the Lord has told him, perhaps the Lord will look on my affliction and return good to me instead of his cursing this day. Now that, is an amazing response. Because you're the king, and at your beck and call, you could tell one of those soldiers, you know what, just go take care of that guy. But he doesn't. And I don't know if David had an insight from the Holy Spirit here, or if this is just him feeling really low and saying, you know, this is probably the Lord inspiring this guy to curse me. I don't know for sure. But I do know that David's having a really bad day (laughs) and a bad week. But his humility... Is amazing. And so, down to verse 20, Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give your advice, what shall we do? And here's the negative frosting on the cake. Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go in your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house. Then all Israel will hear that you've made yourself odious to your father. Absalom, you know, is kind of taken over shop in Jerusalem. First thing he says to David's ex-best friend, hey, what do you think we should do first? Hey, go and sleep with your father's harem, which, by the way, was an ancient way of saying, I am now taking authority over the kingship because the harem belonged to the king. And uh, this is the way it was done in ancient days. And, And so this was a prophecy that was actually spoken The hands of of who are with you will also be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And he fulfilled the prophecy spoken. What you've done in secret, God will show openly. And I guess you could say maybe the final blow to David. Now, what's going to happen, and we don't have time to go through it, I I just wanted to paint with broad strokes is that Absalom eventually, as the the narrative goes on, Absalom gets convinced to go to battle against his father. God's in the whole thing. Absalom gets caught in a tree. Do you guys remember the story? By his big hairdo and he's dangling there and he ends up being killed. And Maybe you could say the final blow, because after it's all said and done, even though God delivered David, his own son died. And in that famous moment of mourning, David says, Oh, Absalom, my son, oh, Absalom. It's like he knows that God has protected him, but he knows that he has lost his son. And in the back of his mind, he can't help but think, I'm responsible for this. Now, Absalom had his own free will, his own choices to make. So I'm not saying this is all David. But ultimately, David knew that the whole domino set began when he decided to look at that woman and act on his lust. And, it, and the dominoes fell. And God still was merciful to David. And, and you guys know Absalom dies and David does get restored to his throne. So there is restoration in this story. And I've shared all that with you for you to know that this is the backdrop of this psalm, is David's own pain. Back to Psalm chapter three. So David wrote the psalm when Absalom decided to try to usurp his father and he had to flee. And now we read it, reading it in that light, we see, O Lord, Psalm 3, 1, how my adversaries have increased. And you can begin to kind of put those characters together, almost like you were watching a movie. And you can see Absalom, and you can see Ahithophel, and you can see, uh, you know, uh, all these people who have now their hearts have been won over to Absalom and you can see how you know people might have been saying in the city oh David's done and then you can see Shimei up on the hill throwing rocks you cursed worthless fellow and you know you can imagine how many times David replayed that and replayed that and who knows how many sleepless nights he might have had and so he says my adversaries have increased many are rising up against me many are saying of my soul or my life, there is no deliverance for him in God. Now, who would ever say that of somebody, right? But maybe people were saying something like this. You know what? Even God's done with him. I heard him say when Shimei was cursing him and throwing rocks at him, that David said, you know, God's, perhaps God's behind this. God's cursing him. There's no deliverance for him, even in God. If you get to that point where You even think that God has given up on you? That's a tough place to be. But the truth is that God had not given up on David. But that's how David felt. And that's what people were saying. And, you know, people can be brutal. Kids can be brutal on the school playground. And people can be brutal in moments where, you know, maybe your faith is a little low and maybe someone's trying to be a pain in your side, and they say something like this, where's your God now? You Christians have all been praying about this. Y'all been praying about that. Y'all been praying about this. Why did that happen? (laughs) We're at a golf course uh, within the last six months or so. We regularly try to witness to people on the golf course, and there was this gentleman, and I had begun to engage him a little bit, and I said, hey, do you believe in God? And he said, oh, yeah, he rides right next to me every time I'm out here, you know, and it sounded like a very faith-filled statement. And then he began to shoot all kinds of questions at me about the problem of evil and why little kids die and why do they get cancer. And what and he it's like he flipped. And it's really interesting. And we didn't have enough time to try to deal with it, but we pointed him to some resources. And I have no idea if he looked it up. But But here's the point. Sometimes people will attack our faith. Sometimes people will say, you know what, you're your God that you believe in, he not even He's going to deliver you if He even exists. You ever had a family member that's a pain in your side? Holiday dinners, you know, mocking your Christianity and everything within you wants to say, cut his head off. <laughs> but no, you don't want to do that because that's not the Christian thing to do. So, you know, you don't want to call one of your warriors in with a turkey thing that you, cut, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, that wouldn't be good for your witnessing opportunities. So many are saying there's no deliverance. See that word deliverance? Uh, salvation is the way it's rendered in the ESV. No help uh, for him in God is the New King James. That word deliverance is translated salvation in the ESV because it's the Hebrew word Yeshua. And just about every time that I know of that you see salvation in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew name Yeshua, which is the name Jesus in Hebrew. Jesus's name means deliverance or salvation. And ultimately, Jesus fulfills even that Hebrew word, right? He is, Yahweh is salvation, is the name Jesus. And he says, many are saying this, and then our first Selah. All right, Bible students, Selah means? Pause pause and reflect. It's a it's an interlude in the song. It's a pause in the music. But for the reader of a psalm, it's a chance to let it sink in. So the first part of the psalm, you could say, is real life. Here it is, real and raw. Life ain't going good. Haven't had a good week. Haven't had a good month. Haven't had a good six months. Whatever it is, right? Bummer, bummer, bummer. This is what people are saying. This is how people are mocking me. Put all the characters that you we kind of piece together in Second Samuel, just with a kind of a flyover, and you can see where David is, and he pauses.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too? I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him, and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: Sometimes people will say, you know what, your, your God that you believe in, he, not even He's going to deliver you if He even exists. You ever had a family member that's a pain in your side? Holiday dinners, you know? Mocking your Christianity and everything within you wants to say, cut his head off. <laughs> but no, you don't want to do that because that, that's not the Christian thing to do. So, you know, you don't want to call one of your warriors in with a turkey thing that you cut, you know, that kind of thing. So, anyway, that wouldn't be good for your witnessing opportunities. So, many are saying there's no deliverance. See that word deliverance? Uh, salvation is the way it's rendered in the ESV, no help. Uh, for him in God is the New King James. That word deliverance is translated salvation in the ESV because it's the Hebrew word Yeshua. And just about every time that I know of that you see salvation in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew name Yeshua, which is the name Jesus in Hebrew. Jesus' name means deliverance or salvation. And ultimately, Jesus fulfills even that Hebrew word, right? He is, Yahweh is salvation, is the name Jesus. And he says, many are saying this, and then our first Selah. All right, Bible students, Selah means? Pause pause and reflect. It's It's an interlude in the song. It's a pause in the music. But for the reader of a psalm, it's a chance to let it sink in. So the first part of the psalm you could say is, Real life, here it is, real and raw. Life ain't going good. Haven't had a good week, haven't had a good month, haven't had a good six months, whatever it is, right? Bummer, bummer, bummer. This is what people are saying. This is what, how people are mocking me. Put all the characters that you we kind of piece together in 2 Samuel, just with a kind of a flyover, and you can see where David is, and he pauses. And sometimes that's all we got, we got to do is we got to pause right there. We, 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 we got to be real, right? This is real life. This is where we are. Sometimes we get bad news. Sometimes there's a diagnosis that's negative. Sometimes we look ourselves in the face in the mirror and we go, man, I blew it. Or why did I do that? Or why did this happen? This is where we are. But then there's a shift. David moves from the reality of his problems to the God that is higher than all of us. And he says, but thou... Oh, Lord, what, what is he? You're a shield about me. You're my glory, the one who lifts my head. Now, I, I would imagine that with all the body blows that we've studied, as we've looked at this, David was probably leaning on a rock somewhere with all the people who had left the city probably going like this. You ever, ever had one of these moments? And he was probably thinking Absalom, and then probably thinking, "Why did I ever touch her?" And then he was probably thinking, "Ahithophel, no, not him." And then Shimai, maybe you could still hear him in the in the distance. Worthless fellow! <laughs> Someone's trying to pull him away. An usher is trying to pull him out of the building. You know.
2: Worthless! <laughs>
1: And you're like, many are saying, oh Lord. So I don't know if it's at this point that he takes the pen, you know, and he begins to write the song. But I want you to see the hope. But, but thou, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. My head's down, but you're my glory and you're the one who lifts my head. There's nowhere else I can look right now but to you, and that's good. And the old saying is that when you're forced on your back and there's only one way to look, which is up, that can be a really good thing. And sometimes we reflect on our lives and we realize, man, I've been spending a lot of time looking around everywhere else and I've lost my focus on God. And we get in a tight spot and it causes our head to go back to God. And maybe, maybe you've been doing a lot of this lately and all of a sudden, but you, Lord... You, wait a minute, you are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the one who lifts my head. And uh, I I had asked Shane, and I think he's got it in his pocket, to sing the old Maranatha song at the end. Because it's a beautiful thing to reflect on. And it comes from this psalm. You're the one that lifts my head. I've got to switch I've got to switch my gaze. I've got to look up. I've got to change the song. <laughs> you ever been in a bummer mood and you just want to play those old country songs? Dog's dead. Girlfriend left. House is in foreclosure. <laughs> right? It's all gone bad. Play a sad song for me. My dog. Hit the road in my old shavy truck. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Singing was just about as bad. Sometimes you got to change the song. And the only way you can do that I believe there's just a couple simple ways. Is You either got to go to prayer or you got to open your Bible, Amen. right? Amen. Because it gets your gaze off of all the other stuff to God. Now see where he says, you, O Lord, are my shield. I couldn't help but think of a time earlier in David's life when uh, Goliath uh, said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly the people of God may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. 1 Samuel 17, 44 through 47. Praise the Lord. You, Lord, I got experience with this, are a shield about me. That big giant was calling out the armies and you gave me a burst of faith on that day. I remember it. And I was thinking, man, that guy is tall and hairy and scary. But, But you know what? I reached into that bag and you gave me a sure shot and shabam, right in the middle of the forehead and Goliath, Goliath down because he was done and then he cut off his head with his own sword. Glorious, glorious stuff. You, O oh Lord, you're a shield. Psalm 16:9 says, Therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoices, my flesh rejoices. Also will dwell securely. For me to look at the word glory here, if some of you are wondering, what does that mean when David says you you're my glory? I think he means you're my life, you're my substance, you're everything, you're you're the most important thing, the most weighty thing in my life. By the way, in a somewhat controversial section, it says in 1 Corinthians eleven seven that wives are the glory of their husbands. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's good. Yeah. That's not even the controversial part. (laughs) And I'm not going to go there. (laughs) You've been listening
0: to the one who lifts my head part two on walk in truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm three. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to walk in truth on the living truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, How's all the Christmas decorating and shopping going? How's this year been for you? Hey, if you need someone to talk to or someone to pray for you, we have pastors on staff ready to speak with you and pray for you. Everyone needs to be heard occasionally, even you. So, hey, even if you're not a Christian, we'd still love to help you if we can. Call 844-48-TRUTH Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours. And a pastor will be ready to hear and speak with you. Hey, take a chance. Reach out. Call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture please consider becoming a monthly partner too. $10 a month is greatly needed. Visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm three called The One Who Lifts My Head. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.